Heavenly Features is brought to you by 18 Maiden Lane Productions. Hey, Tyler here up the top. Uh, This obviously is our end of year wrap up. Uh, We know we haven't been very consistent this year. Apologies for that. That is on me. We hope to be a lot more consistent next year with y'all and uh, bring you some a range of films um, that we can talk about. In this uh, wrap up, we do go into a couple of those that we will be bringing you next year. Uh, we hope you have a good uh, New Year's and we hope that you had a safe and queer Christmas or whatever it is that you were celebrating. Uh, I will be putting a list of what we talk about in the show notes for this. Uh, as it's me, apologies if anything is spelt wrong. Uh, you know, severely dyslexic, etc. So apologies for that. But uh, yeah, hopefully you do have a look at our recommendations of things we enjoyed in the last year or so. And uh, give them a give them a watch if you want, and head over to our Instagram, Heavenly Features Pod, uh, and have a chat with us there about what it is that you have seen. And you can also recommend films for us going forward into the new year. Uh, so have a good one, and we'll talk to you in January. Hello, and welcome to Heavenly Features, the weekly podcast where two friends get together and talk about film. I'm Sophie. And I'm Tyler. How are you doing? And today is a little bit different because it is the end of the year. So we are going to be talking a little bit about the sorts of films that we have watched this year um, and also looking at films we've watched both like for the podcast and also um, independently and you know, just kind of summing up the things that we enjoyed um, about kind of film this year. And I know in Tyler's case, a little bit about TV. Yes. Um, so um, how have you found like watching films and stuff this year for the pod? So for the pod, obviously, I know we took a uh, prolonged break this year, but I've actually really loved when we have been doing it. I've fucking loved it. Like I love the fact that it it forces me to make sure I sit down and watch a film that I wouldn't necessarily have sat down that week and watch yeah and because you know i am i am one of the world's greatest procrastinators uh it is it is a skill uh i'm i'm not proud of it but it is a skill and it is uh, something i deal with on a daily basis uh so i do love the fact that i sit down and watch them and my issue i have such a terrible memory that i will my ex used to say this to me all the time like i'll watch a film and then like a few weeks later be like oh i've heard of this great film should we watch it and she would have been like we just watched that so i have a terrible memory but uh i think overall this last like last year on the podcast most of the films we watched i actually thoroughly enjoyed i think like yes definitely i know we had we had a few funny ones we had a few dramatic ones we had some that we really went into detail of like trauma or trauma um and i think i think we had a good range of films yeah definitely that's actually one thing I would like to work on going forward is is my range because I do feel like I tend to choose more often than not quite heavy hitting ones whereas I love like light and airy ones as well so I, that's one thing I do find uh, I want to work on going forward with this podcast. What about yourself? How did you find the last the last year of uh, podcasting? I found it uh, really really fun actually. It definitely uh, pushed me to watch films that I perhaps wouldn't have naturally gravitated towards and kind of opened up discussions about films that perhaps I would not have had if I was just watching it by myself because of course those um, conversations might you know 
you might think certain things when you're watching something, but to actually vocalize that and talk to someone else about things and hear their opinion and how it might be different or different takes on stuff has, has been really kind of eye, eye opening. Because of course, when you watch films, a lot of it you, is a very personal experience. And so to have those conversations with somebody else um, can help you to see something that you may have only seen in one kind of um, point of view to see it from maybe a wider variety of views. So I've really enjoyed that. I've also enjoyed like the diversity, like we watched quite a lot of different types of films, Yeah, I feel. Um, I certainly, uh, I know that at the end of last year, um, one of my goals was to watch or, or on the podcast is, is, is do more world cinema and also do more stories um, about trans people, by trans people, or stories by trans people. It doesn't have to be the focus of the film and uh i suck at that and i haven't done it really this year <laughs> so um that is going to be my goal again for the following year for, for 2023 is to try and um find some more films that we can talk about that kind of cover that because i want to make sure that um the films that we are looking at are not just films that reflect our own experiences um so whilst i think we've been quite good at watching films that center on female-led stories or are have lgbtqia characters or directors or, or actors in there so we do have things that we can comment on and talk about a lot because they reflect parts of who we are um I do think we can do better at looking at some more minority groups, um, so so more trans stories or films by trans people or starring trans people, um, and uh, to be honest, more pe uh, more um, films about people of color. I think would be really interesting because those are story. I think you you become a better person by seeing stories about different people and different experiences. And we may not be able to relate strongly to some of those stories, but we can certainly empathize and try and understand different stories. So that's something I want to kind of do moving forward. But I really enjoyed a lot of the ones that we we watched this year. What were your kind of top films that we that we watched this year? Out of the ones we covered. Yeah. So uh, look, I mean I was a huge fan of Best in Show for like a comedy. Yeah. I loved watching that and like chatting about it with, with like having the Eugene Levy and like Jennifer Coolidge and like I just I did I thoroughly enjoyed watching and talking about that. Yeah. I had such a good time uh, going over it and so for like comedy wise I think that would have been my favorite like comedy. It's a unique style of comedy is not what you see often in film Chris Christopher Guest has such a a unique style and Eugene Levy exactly yes oh and and like the fact that it is such a different take on a film like this sort of mockumentary style of it I love anyway like I love a mockumentary and it just it like I, I thoroughly mm -hmm. enjoyed re-watching that or watching that and and like rehashing it with you and talking all over it like I I very much enjoyed that. As when it comes to like films I most enjoyed for other reasons, like I think that would be like my favorite comedy that we watched. But I think that, I mean, obviously, then you've also got like the classic comedies like First Wise Club and like, like Nine to Five, which is kind of a comedy take. Like it's not full comedy, but it's, you know, I, fu I fucking loved watching that too. <laughs> but I like, I really loved re-watching things like Imagine Me and You oh. and Ingrid Goes, Goes West. I loved revisiting that. And I think we had a really interesting conversation about that one. 
And I also loved that we had different takes on films. Like when we watched like Midsommar, for example, or Midsummer, like I think we had very different views going into it. And I really enjoy, I mean, firstly, you know how much I love Florence Pugh. I will watch anything she's in and love it. Um, but I think we had very different takes on that film. And I, I've, really like i know we've i've said this a lot that i love how we have different opinions but i think that there's a few films in the last year that we that you can pick out that you really see this and i think it's ones that we didn't have a background with so you know like we watched ghost world together when we were younger we watched imagine me and you together as we, when we were younger so we had a history with it whereas ones like ingrid goes west gaslight for example we didn't have any history with like Midsommar we didn't have any history with Marriage Story like all of these ones I think they bring up such different things because we watch them separately and then come together to discuss them yeah and I think a lot of the time it really shows our different views and different personalities and I fucking love the fact that after 20 odd years of being friends we can come together and discuss these films in like ways where we're like oh actually i took this as that way or you took this as that way and like i think it adds so much more for me personally i mean it might not add anything to anyone listening but to me personally it adds so much more to the film where you can like see it through someone else's eyes and whether you agree with them or disagree or have just a different take on it where it might not come down to like actually disagreeing with them. It might just be like, oh, I saw it slightly differently. I think that's so fascinating. And it's what I love the most about a film is that like, same as any art, it invokes emotion and invokes a something within yourself. And the fact that we can share that with each other and whoever is listening, I love that. I thought it was really interesting. You mentioned Midsommar and that was uh, an interesting watch because... Um, you love horror films mm-hmm. um, and it's something that I don't really um, seek out myself yeah. maybe because I'm a massive <laughs> wuss um, but um, it's not something that I would normally gravitate towards so it not only helped me to watch a film that I probably wouldn't have picked up myself but we did have different opinions um, on that film and I think some of that was just about personality having different opinions based on that and I think some of it was um maybe coming from somebody who loves the genre and somebody who's sceptical yeah. or, or not as intrigued by that genre. Um, it's quite interesting kind of to see that. You also mentioned Gaslight, which was also one of my favourites this year. And that was a film that I brought to the table, but I had never seen before. And with much relief, I was pleased to find that um, I fucking loved it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was absolutely amazing. Because um, you know when... Because it it's obviously it's a film where... Um, the term gaslight comes from and you worry that it's either been kind of misappropriated or that where it's come from was perhaps um, not as strong as, you know, what you might imagine it to be. And it stood up to be a a, a really, really fantastic film um, and really tense film. Um, So I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, And it had comedy in there and it was creepy as fuck. Um, it was almost a little bit horror in there as well. Yes. Um, so that was a bit surprising for me as somebody who doesn't really like that <laughs> genre to then find myself kind of recommending something which certainly has elements of that genre within it. I really loved The Watermelon Woman oh, um, yes. from the beginning of the year. Um, that was such 
a unique story because um not only do i love like old cinema and stuff that's like i love 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 old films and um like hollywood history and things like that and i love that this story was centered around somebody who was trying to find out more about somebody from the early days of cinema but it wasn't perhaps what you might traditionally see in a lot of films that explore old Hollywood, it was looking at it from the fact that it was about black history in Hollywood from a black queer woman um, who has a queer lens, who wrote and directed and acted in the film. It was an indie film as well. There were so many things in there that I thought opened up a conversation that I otherwise would not have been able to have because it opened up a whole world that I am... Um, not close to at all being yes. <laughs> being um you know uh not american i'm not black i'm you know i'm not connected with that experience and there were so many conversations in there that i thought were really really interesting so that was one i had wanted to watch for a while and i kind of put it on the list as a film that i wanted to see and to get off my backside and actually stop procrastinating and watch it and i was really pleased to find that it was such a good film yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed that film i again it was one that like and i think we say this so often and i think that that is one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is it's like the amount of films that i'm like oh i should watch that and put it on my list and then it just (laughs) never happens but when you said to watch this film and we sat down and watched it I I'm so glad that we did. Uh, firstly, I mean it's just incredible and it's such an interesting take on a movie. Yeah. Even if you took out like what it's actually about like as in at the core of it, the the way it's shot and the way it's made is interesting. It's so indie and it's so inspiring. So inspiring. And then you add on top of that the layers upon layers of other interesting inspiring incredible messages that it sends of finding out your history whether that be the history of the queer community the history of the black community the history of the filmmaking community the history of people who stood up for us minorities Mm. before whether that is a minority obviously neither of us are black we're we're white as fuck and so we will never understand that that aspect of it like i'm irish you don't get much whiter than that like but we are both queer and we both understand that we are stood where we are because we're stood on the backs of the people that came before us. We are where we are and we have the rights we have because of the people that came before us. And the fact that this film looked at that history and looked at the people who who were these pioneers mm. and the fact that we still also have to be pioneers in this like nowadays is is firstly ridiculous but also the fact that we have to be lesser pioneers because of these people that came before us and this film just highlighted that i fucking loved it i thought it was such a great choice and i am so grateful for you for like choosing that so it got me off my ass yeah. it was um it was a film like about marginalized people by marginalized people and i always think that that can have a really interesting voice um and you need interesting points which you know perhaps mainstream films wouldn't be able to showcase um and it was actually one of my favorite films of the year 
um i really i just really really connected with it because although like the specifics of the history within the film are fictional um yeah it's they're based on real people aren't they there there were you know actors who were um you know black actors who were marginalized there were queer actors who were marginalized um there were black queer actors who were marginalized <laughs> yes <laughs> so i think it's just and, and then even um you know the 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 characters in the modern day aren't still marginalized yes um by their own experiences and the way the society treats them um for who they are and so it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah it's really interesting to see kind of where you come from um and the kind of the shoulders that you stand on but also the fact that you're still being pushed down by society um and that just because there were people before you does not mean that the people living nowadays have it easy. They still have fights to be had, to, to have their own voices be heard. And I would definitely recommend that. The thing is, <laughs> there's a lot of um, there's a lot of queer films that uh, we love because they're queer, but they're not always great. This is a, not that instance. This is a great film. Yeah. Um, and if you are queer, I would hi- highly encourage you to, to watch it. Absolutely. And I think it's also super inspiring especially and i know that we've had this throughout history with regards to queer rights i'm speaking specifically on queer rights obviously i can't speak on on like black rights as much as a black person could um but we at the moment are seeing so many queer rights being stripped away yeah and things being taken backwards like we are we it feels like we are going backwards and this happens throughout history of of you take a few steps forward and then a few steps back but it doesn't change the fact that it's fucking harrowing and disheartening to see and i think then watching films like this that are not a it's not a sad film it's not a a film where you feel like you are being just bombarded with the awful stuff that's happening in the world it's a it's a very uplifting film i think that it's a good film to sit down and watch to realize how much we have to be grateful for for our elders and yes there's still a shit ton of work to be done but it can happen because look at our elders and I think it's a really inspiring, beautiful film. There, there was a lot of um, great films that we watched because we also, it's, it's hard because some of the films we watched were not films that I could say that I loved watching because the subject matter was so challenging. But, and although this was a film that I had seen many, many years ago, I think it's always good to be reminded of where you where you come from, what has happened in the past, what still happens. And the film I'm talking about yeah. is The Laramie Project which is it's oh, not yeah. a, a film to enjoy watching, but I do think it's one of those films where um, it centres you a little bit and it makes you realise the blessings you have and also the challenges there are still ahead because people, unfortunately, are still treated like Matthew Shepard was. Um, and yeah. and yet, like I think it's important to know history and that was a tough one to watch and it's that certainly one where you know you need you need the box of tissues nearby um oh yeah and it has outstanding um performances in there as well and you can see the sincerity with all the actors who are participating in it as well to tell the story right uh and whilst it is a devastating story it's also a very hopeful story um and it's one of those things where you just I certainly never forget. Um, I think it's one of the most powerful kind of pieces of protest that I've seen is when they um, oh, shield yeah. 
the courtroom, um, uh, the family of Matthew Shepard from the protesters by dressing up as angels and blocking the view. And it's such a simple and powerful message of like uh, solidarity. Um, yes. And I don't know, it's, it's one of those films that like, I think you have to be in the right mental space to watch it, but it is an important one to watch. And I would recommend the watch. Uh, and I also, yeah, maybe maybe it's not a good one around Christmas if you are struggling <laughs> with uh, not being out or feeling alone at Christmas or anything like that. But it is definitely one to watch. And the protests, especially considering, especially I, I know only in the UK right now, uh, our rights to protest are slowly being chipped away and taken away from us. And then you see this beautiful protest that is just the most, like gorgeous display of standing together shoulder by shoulder it's just incredible and i that film will stay with me forever and obviously we we first both saw that as teenagers <laughs> yes i i will never forget that film I think it was it just yeah, really impactful as a young person in particular to watch it. i think it will impact you at any age but i think when you're a young person and unfortunately when we were teenagers a lot of films about queer stories and queer history was about um, individuals who were mistreated, abused, and possibly even killed um, for yes. being who they were. So I'm thinking about Boys Don't Cry. I'm thinking about obviously the Laramie Project. Um, there are lots of <laughs> Philadelphia, even like so dying of a disease um, that yes. was, you know somehow connect you know somewhat connected to your sexuality well even like lost and delirious like she kills herself at the end because she's a a spoiler alert but but, because it's because of a queer relationship being broken Mm. down because of homophobia so she kills herself like those were the films that we watched so so (laughs) i think that's another reason why it left a, a deep impact on us when we were younger was because that was those were the stories that we were um, seeing, um, and that's why films like Imagine Me and You were such a breath of fresh air. Because at that time, we were not getting those positive stories. So no, and I, I will never not be thankful for that film. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for Boys Don't Cry, The Laramie Project, Lost and Delirious. I'm thankful for all of them because that was all we had that's what we saw the fact that we had any representation was incredible but then yeah when you have something like imagine me and you and you're like oh, wait you yeah. can be happy and queer mm. especially when it was illegal to teach us that in school yes. it was illegal to teach us anything about being queer in school so all we had was media and the media we had was about death and destruction and yeah. pain and hate and then something exactly and then something like imagine me and you comes out <laughs> yeah. oh my god the joy i felt they have mm-hmm. a happy ending are you fucking kidding me i didn't know that was possible like and they are both gorgeous piper perimo and lena Headey. fuck me <laughs> well it's why we had to kind of balance things out a little bit and um, certainly did that with some of the other films we watched this year because we had to balance out some of our, our more serious films with things like The First Wise Club, Nine to Five, Smoky Mountain Christmas, these ones which are a little bit unhinged or a little bit crazy or girl power or just like fun romps. Yes. Um, and so I'm hoping that we'll be able to next year balance some 
great opportunities of, of showing like diversity of different stories, which I'm sure will have happy films and also some with more serious tones. Oh, definitely, definitely some harrowing ones on my list, but also some happy ones. Yeah, we've got some of them out of the way. We've got Cameron Post out of the way. We've got <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> but we um, no definitely going to have to try and balance them with some of these more kind of lively, fun films that certainly meant a lot to me as a younger person as well. And First Wives Club in particular, I watched a shit ton when I was a kid. Um, so I was really pleased to kind of share that to, um, this year on the podcast because it was uh, it was always always brought me so much joy as a as, as a kid, um, and yeah. it still does to this day. It's still one of my favorite films, and I'm so excited that the three of them are uniting for another project. Um, so Goldie Hawn, Bette Midler, and and Diane Keaton um, are going to be together in another film. So uh, over the moon, ecstatic about that. Um, and when that comes out with definitely going to have to talk about that film but yeah just there was so many opportunities this year to talk about really poignant films really interesting films films that take us out of our comfort zone um films that bring us a lot of joy brings that made us uh, films that made us laugh you know we had a, a real diversity which was quite impressive considering that we fucked off for like six months so yeah um yeah so I think like we have a diversity of different styles of films and I'd like to next year see a, a bit more diversity perhaps of different types of stories about different types of people I think that could be really interesting 100% I'm so looking forward to bringing like a wider variety also the fact that like at this point in time, we are planning on being way more consistent and not taking a six-month break. Uh, so, I mean, you know, like, I wouldn't hold your breath, but we're, we're doing our best here. You know, mental health is a real issue. It, it, can, it can definitely cause extra procrastination on my part. So, uh, but we will do our best to, to be here more often. Mm. Uh, but outside of the podcast... Yeah what would you say that you watched? So firstly, actually, I have a question that I haven't run by you uh, before this, so I don't know if you have any answers to this. But firstly, because we're still in the festive season, have you got any festive films that you've watched, good or bad, that you've watched this year? I mean, I've watched a lot. Last year, I did say I was going to have a very jolly, holly, dolly, Christmas, however you want to call it. Yes, you did. Yes, word for word. That is exactly what you said. And I think I lived up to that. Um, I watched quite a lot of Dolly Parton. So we obviously we watched uh, Smoky Mountain Christmas. Love it. I also watched some of her TV specials from like the 80s and 90s. You actually did share one of those with me and I could not have been happier. I shared that one and then I shared one from 2020, which um, was the one where she's just kind of sitting on a bench. I think it's called A Holly Dolly Christmas. Oh yes, I loved her on the bench. Yeah, she's sitting on a pew and she's got like her like choir behind her. Oh, brilliant. Um... I also watched um, <laughs> her, because f- I had to watch, like, to get the full context, I watched um, Coat of Many Colours, which is a TV film about her childhood, so that I could watch Dolly Parton's Christmas of Many Colours, Circle of Love. It's a long fucking title. So uh, I watched that. I watched Christmas at Dollywood. Um, that was interesting. That was more of, like, a hallmarky style film. And then what else did I watch? Uh, obviously, the films that we watched for the podcast watched well there's ones that I watch every year so Little Women from 1994 um It's a Wonderful Life uh, we watched the Santa Claus oh yes we did we did we had we had a lovely Disney Disney Plus uh watch party with some friends uh for the Santa Claus with uh some friends and their their kids so that was that was awesome yeah uh the the 
enjoyment around it as opposed to it being an awesome film. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I'm just having like, I watched Christmas in Connecticut. Uh, I've literally got a list up in front of me now. Uh, Tangerine. Oh yes, I still haven't seen that. Which I wanted to watch. That was that was really good. I think the Christmas Holiday that was um, based on a Somerset Maugham book, which I've read, and the book was better. They took out all the scandalous stuff. Mr. Kruger's Christmas which is not a good film, but I watched it because it was a short film with Jimmy Stewart in from 1980 about Christmas and he's this old doddery man. So of course I watched it. Uh, that's about it, yeah. How, what Christmas films did you watch? You totally went down a different path to me with yeah. Christmas films this year, which I fucking love. So I normally don't tend to watch that many Christmas films. Um, like... I'll watch the odd, like, queer Christmas film, like, as we said last year. So, obviously, I've rewatched Happiest Season, of course, because Clear to Val. <laughs> or Repasser and Kristen Stewart, I'm in. Like, but mainly, I just threw on some random Netflix shit. My God, when I say shit, some of them were dire. Like, I, I mean, I watched, like, a lot of them are very hallmarky, very, like... So I watched like A California Christmas, and, like, then I watched part two of that, which is them in a different part of California. Like there was a lot of just terrible, like, and I don't mean terrible as in like, no, I do. I I mean like they were just the generic Christmas films, like not, not generic old school Christmas films. I mean, generic Hallmark sure. or streaming service Christmas films. The one that I will highlight is one that I thought was maybe on par with as bad as The Bishop's Wife. It was, it was not good. It was not a good film. It was called Angel Falls Christmas, I think. You, you said it was one of the worst films you've ever seen. And I said, I'm going to add it to my watch list. Yes. Yeah. So it stars Chad Michael Murray, who obviously is a star of uh, a lot of the films that we love, cheese-wise. Yeah, A Cinderella Story, Freaky Friday. Exactly. I think I watched a couple of episodes of One Tree Hill once. Oh, I definitely have. Oh my God, he can play basketball so well. Uh, <laughs> but this film, I so I didn't read the synopsis. This is, I think this was my main fault on me. Like, I mean, there's a lot of faults on the film. But my main fault was that I didn't read the synopsis first. I just, it just popped up saying, do you want to put on another Christmas film? And I went, yeah, I've got fuck all else to do watch so i didn't know the synopsis i didn't even know the title at this point i just put it on and i spent the first half of the film very confused as to whether chad michael murray was playing an alien or a robot i was not sure which one but i knew it was one of the two i was sure he was an he was an angel i was like oh he must be a robot he's gonna fight like they're gonna peel half his face off at some point and it's gonna be like terminator style and then i was like well maybe he's an alien and he's just you know come from out that's the only thing that can excuse this acting (laughs) Um, and then, like, and then there's other angels in this film, though, that are acting like humans. So there is no actual excuse for him acting like this. I really think I need to watch it. I honestly, I would 100%, if you and me had a few drinks and watched this, I would watch it again. Tomorrow night? I would not watch this again without alcohol. You need alcohol and you need a friend. I watched this alone without alcohol. I don't recommend that. I recommend this film... If you have like a drinking party, like a couple of mates, some alcohol, and you drink every time that Chad Michael Murray acts like a robot oh, or an alien. The whole film. But also be careful because you will be hammered by the end. <laughs> I 
fun. What about like kind of films in general? So just thinking about like from the last year, what are the films, or I know you watch a lot of TV, what are the film and TV shows that if, if somebody was putting together their 2023 watch list, what things would you recommend? Okay, now, so a couple of these things I reckon are probably not necessarily from this year, but they're definitely from post the last podcast episode of last year. Because I am terrible at dates. As you well know, I cannot do dates. I have a terrible memory. So one thing that I thoroughly enjoyed film-wise was actually the Fear Street trilogy that they put on Netflix. So it's three films that they put and it's based on the R.L. Stein, mm-hmm. so like Goosebumps style, like his book. Are they like, what, what age group are they targeted at? I think they're probably like maybe 15 rating. I'm not oh. 100. I can't quote that. No, because no, I'm wondering because obviously R.L. Stein was for like kind of tweens and stuff. I would say if you were like a teenager watching this, you'd fucking love it like i would i would recommend it to our friend's son who's 12 but he's like a mature 12 i i really enjoyed them you know i love like sort of campy horror though but these films reminded me so much of 90s horror films so like scream-esque and i so i loved them and so it's basically it's three films so it's a trilogy set in three different eras so one is like in the in like i think it's like 1666 and then like 1996 and then like it one in the 70s so it's like these three different eras and it kind of follows through the whole thing and and there was points where i was like oh could this turn into a very problematic scenario when there was like queerness involved and it turned out not to which was just such (laughs) a breath of fresh air so i was i i thoroughly enjoyed those so i i would highly recommend if you want a good 90s style horror but with modern day actors and modern day like special effects and script Mm -hmm. writing so not the like you're not going to be sat there suddenly being having like homophobic words thrown at you i would recommend these three films it's got like the girl who plays so sadie sink who plays max in stranger things it's got maya hawk in there like it's it's got some great actors and i thoroughly enjoyed them as like a bit of a campy 90s-esque horror fest without the homophobic slurs so you know you can't go wrong so there's two films as well that i thoroughly enjoyed that i actually am gonna do on the podcast so i'm not gonna go into detail with them uh but i just if you do want to watch them as like a nice little break or you know whatever firstly the first one is not a nice little break but it is an incredible film and i think it for an indie film it is so well done so well written so well acted and so well directed it's called the fallout so it stars jenna ortega who is one of my like kids to watch i mean she's like 20 so she's not a kid but like she is one to watch acting wise she's incredible she was also in wednesday great series on netflix highly recommend it's about a school shooting and the aftermath then of this school shooting in america obviously where else and it is so well done so that is definitely one that i'm going to put on the podcast probably in january because i am obsessed with this film i think it's so good i've only watched it once so i'm looking forward to watching it again to like redo it and it's like to start the year yeah i know right but it is so so well done and it shows both the teenage way of dealing with this in so many different ways plus the parents dealing with this scenario that is a scenario that should be so alien but is not anymore especially in america or only in america and uh, it was just it was so well done so that is one of them 
on a slightly different note, do revenge. I fucking loved. Uh, and this is definitely one on my list. It made me feel like I was watching sort of Clueless style. Heathers. Heathers. Yeah. Heathers, Clueless, Cruel Intentions. Yeah. Like, and I just, I loved it from start to finish. You know, I'm a fan of Maya Hawke anyway. I think she's a great actor. So that's definitely like a nice, fun film that I want to do. And as much as there's like issues in that film and that you will be dealing with it was a black comedy like a dark comedy sure yeah so you know that you know that's my idea of a fun film <laughs> so that was that's another film that i definitely loved and will be doing at some point in the um podcast film wise that's all i'm actually going to talk about this year i have three tv shows though that okay. i really want to talk about and really want to highlight and i know you're not as big on tv shows as i am not good with commitment whereas i am a serial commitment person like i yeah. i commit and i think also not to get too deep into this because this is ridiculous when i'm just talking about a tv show but i think this year has been so hard for me like mental health wise and obviously coming out as trans and like dealing with all this stuff i think it's really helped for me to be able to throw myself into a series yeah some escapism exactly that like that being said two out of the three series i'm about to say only have one series so far uh i am hoping they get renewed but at least it's still like a few hours that you can just throw yourself in and fully get invested so the first one that i'm going to talk about and i know i've talked to you about this before but it is incredible is a league of their own oh i was gonna think you're gonna say something else okay fair enough so this is on amazon firstly everyone should watch it so it's created by abby jacobson and will graham it's obviously i mean i'm assuming most people at some point have seen a league of their own the film Mm. it's a great film i fucking love it gina davis an amazing film this series is just incredible and it delves into the things that the film maybe couldn't because of the time so not only does it delve into the queerness hugely like this is a queer film a queer sorry queer tv show like it is queer as fuck obviously abby jacobson is queer as fuck herself so you know but it also deals with the racism at the time and the fact that the black players weren't allowed to play with the white players uh, and it delves into so much of the sexism like the original film did as well but this if you want to know anything about like the all-american professional women's baseball league which you should watch this fucking show it is incredible i cannot rate this film this uh tv show highly enough there's been lots of stuff online about people kind of standing over it yes and as they should it is incredible like i i watched it in one go and i could not stop watching it i just loved it it was just from start to finish it is so well done so well acted so well written it's got trans characters it's got butch characters it's got femme characters it's got sporty people it's got like everything you could possibly want it's what we deserved growing up it is just incredible i cannot rate it highly enough like everyone should watch it and second one i want to watch and i know i'm not asking you about it because i know you haven't seen it um so so like hence why i haven't been like what did you think of a league of their own (laughs) but the second one i want to talk about is dickinson that's what i thought you were about to say the first one 
I knew I knew that you knew it was going to be in there. Now, obviously, so the last series of this aired in November 2021. So, you know, it's slightly older than uh, A League of Their Own. But it, I haven't spoken about it since the podcast have finished <laughs> the, the last year's podcast. This series is on Apple TV. I This is one of my comfort series now. Like, it is incredible. So it's obviously set in the 19th century it's about emily dickinson who's the like american poet and it's all about her and her family emily dickinson is played by one of my favorite people on earth Haley seinfeld soph is sick to death of hearing about Haley seinfeld so i won't go too much yeah 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 so i won't go too much into detail there there's been um let's just say an intense um interest in her from your side yeah absolutely <laughs> I think she is just incredible. Musically, acting, everything. Like, I just, I think she's incredible. But I highly recommend watching Dickinson. It is a modern take on a period piece. You will get the feel for it within the first two minutes of the episode, the first episode of season one, where this, like, incredible, like incredible music comes in while Emily Dickinson is sent to get water and you just immediately get the feel of how this entire three seasons is gonna go and I cannot recommend it enough it's it's incredible and third one which is one that Soph should have watched but I know she will have procrastinated I haven't spoken to her about it so I could be surprised here I won't be but I should be so Soph and I grew up listening to this band we grew up right you're talking about high school yes i fucking am we grew up listening to tegan and sarah we grew up loving them they wrote a book that both of us read both of us has listened to the audiobook of like we stan as tegan and sarah we are huge fans and when we heard that high school was coming out we both were so excited so i obviously watched it straight away so what about yourself i reread the book in anticipation and then I, it's it's on my watch list, and I haven't listened, to, uh, haven't watched it yet. I also haven't listened to their new album. I'm really bad. I've only just listened to the King Princess album that came Which, out. Which, by the way, is so, it not incredible? Great, but I am slow to get to things. Yes. Well, okay. Another recommendation then, King Princess, fucking awesome. So High School, which is on Amazon uh, Freebie, so it is actually free for everyone to watch. You don't need an Amazon Prime account. So log on, watch it. Not only is it one of Sophie and my favourite band, based on a book that we both love and have read more than once, but it's also directed by one of our favourite people in the world, Clea Duval. And it is a beautiful look at indie filmmaking for TV. You can tell it's Clea Duval. You can tell it's Tegan and Sarah. It's got the soundtrack that you want it to have. Like, they got... Nirvana they got all of these fucking bands that they would have been listening to it is a like grungy underground look at what it would be like to grow up as Tegan and Sarah like I just I like everyone should fucking watch this you got to go on, on on my watch list I'm just I'll get to it I don't that wasn't that wasn't actually meant to be uh like let's pointed yeah very pointed that wasn't that wasn't how I had intended it to be but I I found it fun um, but yeah, I those so those those three are my recommendations, especially if you are on Christmas looking to escape and get some queer content. Just throw that on for twenty minutes, half an hour, and you'll you'll at least get some queerness in your life, and then you can go back to 
whatever trauma you have to deal with um but yeah so that's my that's my like what i've been doing this year uh what about yourself so so i know obviously you you are way better at me for remembering and noting what you've uh, watched good at remembering it i just use letterboxd which you can um see my letterbox if you go onto the link tree on the heavily features podcast instagram um <laughs> but i just i just log things on there because i feel like when it comes to films and stuff like i collect them throughout the year like so that's why i like to kind of list them on there so i know what i've watched um, and it's quite nice because if I'm trying to watch um, films by a particular director or an actor or something, then I can tell, I can see like um, which ones I've watched on there and which ones I haven't. So I, I really like that. I'm not going to go into detail about the different films. Um, these are just generally uh, good films. I haven't gone necessarily for films that are really poignant, though some of them are. I've just gone for ones that I found really enjoyable and had the highest ratings, if I'm going to be honest. Um, so I already mentioned that The Watermelon Woman is on there, uh, but I also really enjoyed uh, My Dinner with Andre, which is from 1981, and it's um, it's quite a slow and quiet film, but it come it kind of throws out lots of interesting conversations. So I would I would recommend that. I really liked Midnight from 1939, which uh, is Claudette Colbert. It's a Billy Wilder film. It's just really fun. Um, to Be or Not to Be is a 1942 film with Car Carol Lombard. Again, it's a comedy. It's really, really good fun. So if you like older films, those are two good ones. Um, if you want to have a good time. It, technically, it came out last year. I mean, <laughs> some of these came out literally 70 years ago or something. But um, <laughs> even older than that. But I really liked um, Drive My Car, which I saw at the beginning of this year. Um, I loved how pretentious and ostentatious it was that it did like a 30 minute short film before the credits rolled. Um, <laughs> and I liked the kind of um, slower pace of exploring like the deep emotions someone can carry with them when they've gone through something um, difficult in their personal life. Um, I also, this is a film that I definitely want to do on the podcast next year and I meant to do it this year but didn't quite get round to it which is a film called Bad Genius. Um, it got me so tense. Um, it's a fantastic film. It's from 2017. It's about um, a girl who is um, very clever and uh, she kind of teams up with some other students to basically um, cheat the uh, tests that you have to take to get into university. Um, and like, it's it's weird because that doesn't sound like much of a prep premise uh, but the tension and how they film it I found fascinating and, and genuinely I had to stop and pause it because I was getting so anxious and stressed watching it um, and to me that was like a sign of it being superb at what it was trying to achieve so that's I think it's a Thai film um, I would definitely recommend that one um, and then just in terms of like fun films I really enjoyed The Love Witch from 2016 it's weird it's like very retro style and have got very specific vision in its kind of aesthetic um and it's about a woman who moves to a small town and she's um a witch and she is trying to find love and she casts spells and things and things go wrong um it's just really fun i found it on movie i enjoyed it um 
<laughs> the other ones are both from the 80s. Um, I really enjoyed Outrageous Fortune, which I only watched a couple of weeks ago. That's Bette Midler and Shelley Long. And they are both actors who are dating the same man. Uh, where they find that out, they both decide... Um, they find they both find out that they were dating him um, after he had supposedly died in an explosion. But then they um, basically hunt him down and they realise that he's like some um fbi guy that has has gone rogue and is it's it's ridiculous it's stupid it's hilarious i wish they got on better because they like bet medler and shelly long because i i would love to have seen another pairing of the two of them but it's just good fun and i would highly highly recommend that if you just want to laugh and the last one is one that we watched together which um, I think you were high when we first watched it, so you probably enjoyed it even more so than I did, which was uh, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Oh, my fucking God. I fucking loved this film. I was high as fuck. This was, honestly, watch this stoned. Not that I'm condoning, you know, legally, obviously. Uh... It It was really good fun. And, I mean, I've had a very, very dolly, year when it comes to film obviously I've, sort of, I've watched a lot of films i've watched about 200 films this year but i've watched nine to five for the pod i've watched best little whorehouse with you i've had my holly dolly christmas yeah. so um it's it's been a good year i completely forgot about best little whorehouse until you just said it oh we'll have to rewatch. it's so much fun oh my god it's just ridiculous i'm totally gonna maybe potentially get stoned again and rewatch that <laughs> fair enough um, so those, I'm not going to obviously go into a huge amount of detail about those films. Um, if you're interested in them, look them up, see if there's something that, there that you would enjoy. Those are some of the ones that I really, really enjoyed um, this year. Um, I think we've been, although we had six months off, <laughs> we were quite successful. We did like 19 episodes, seven of which were written or directed by women, uh, 10 of which had um, LGBTQIA characters, um, and nine were uh, films that starred either LGBTQI actors, directors, or writers. We 17 out of 19 of the films passed their um, Bechtel-Wallace test, which is actually very impressive. Obviously, we like um, women to have personalities and conversations that don't re- revolve around men. Shocking. Um, but uh, we did quite well with that. And the one thing that I think we could certainly improve on was films with people of colour, um, actors or directors because we only had nine um, which had full-fledged characters technically it's 15 in- if you include minor roles like um, like B.D. Wong and Samuel L. Jackson in Jurassic Park but they're like not big roles and there's some which had even smaller roles than that which technically are on the cast list and I just don't think that counts as watching a film with not not to say that those people don't count, but like I don't think it's centering people of colour. Yes. And so I'm not gonna count it as being particularly You can't pat yourself on the back for that. Yeah. <laughs> just cause there was a man in the background who technically counted, you know? So um yeah, there was it was a we could do better there. It's weird because we had like obviously the watermen and women centered around not only um a, a black yeah. woman, but also black history. <laughs> and then there were other films where there was just like nobody there midsummer which i know does have uh like a person of color in it but it was very like airy and white <laughs> like yeah and then like kind of not understandably but knowing the time things like gaslight of course was very very white i mean at least it avoided like any major racial stereotypes which we have come across in some older films 
but yeah it's just um we could do better on that and I think that's something we we're both kind of keen to to work on next year 100% yeah absolutely I'm also like that obviously is the serious side of things of what we're keen to work on which like obviously both of us find it very important to center queer stories and center people of color even though clearly we have dropped the ball on that but the other thing like going forward I definitely want to I want to not overthink what I'm bringing to the podcast as much as I did before that's like I want to very much like sometimes obviously I'll be like oh I chose this film uh that is really like meaty and you want to get into but also sometimes I want to be like oh do you know I really just really wanted to watch Save. And there will be crossovers so for example I'm saying yes I'd like to watch more characters um sort of more films by people of color or starring people of color however um one of my other things is that i want to include more world cinema which will inevitably have more people of color in it because usually when yes. i'm considering world cinema although of course it can call, include lots of like western europe and stuff often for me personally i enjoy a lot of um asian cinema so yes. automatically majority of the people in that are likely to not be white um so i think it'd be nice to have a mixture of like english language and um world cinema um which have representation of people of color in there but i do think like naturally some choices will be easier anyway just because i want to highlight some of those films that happen to also center around um stories that are about people of color yeah and i think like obviously as we are developing as people anyway all the time we're gonna keep maybe centering like centering things around things that we uh, are used to or are like that directly affect us yeah and i think that we need to be then aware of the fact that we also need to look outside of ourselves and i think that is where it comes in with the people of color and yeah because obviously we look a lot to queer media and queer cinema and uh like obviously both of us were raised female as much as i am not female uh so we did look a lot to like female voices and queer voices and i think we do need to be aware of people of color and and other minorities other than ourselves it'll just make it more interesting to to have a wider breadth of of stories and personalities and cultures and things to look at um obviously we won't be experts in that area but i think it's always interesting to learn about different places and different people um, I think it'll be really interesting, actually. Obviously, it's been a, a more recent revelation uh, publicly um, for you identifying as trans. Whether yes. or not you will naturally gravitate towards finding out more trans stories, that could be really interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm interested of like that myself to see where like where yeah. the journey leads me and where it where it goes. Um, like I assume it will because obviously when I came out as queer years ago i immediately gravitated towards queer media then as shite as it was like or as great some of it is great i'm not trying to dislike i fucking love some of it i'm i'm thinking more of like lip service and like the original l word which is again nostalgic as fuck for me but like it's not what you would class as like world-class cinema you know I'm, i'm interested to see whether that does and I think it already has started, like even we were saying about King Princess earlier, if we're talking music wise, like their latest album has a couple of songs where they specifically mention how they're not comfortable in their body 
and how like that's affecting them like mentally and how they worried about their partner not accepting them and i listened to that on repeat for months Mm. so i'm like okay well maybe it's already started without me realizing like that it's already started just infiltrating yeah, possibly like what i'm gravitating towards yeah. it'll be interesting to see and i think there's lots of uh i think always with the new year it always feels like a fresh start to try new things and find new new things to talk about um new things to bring to the podcast so it should be an exciting year um and absolutely yeah we hope you'll join us next year as well and you have a lovely new year and everything and we will see you then yeah we'll see you in january uh have a good one uh stay safe and yeah hopefully you uh take some of the recommendations uh that we we said there yeah sure um if not no worries bye all right have a good one (laughs) Bye. bye thank you for listening to this week's podcast please remember to rate review and subscribe and you can follow us on Instagram at Heavenly Features Pod. You can also email us at heavenlyfeaturespod at gmail.com. And you can also find us at 18maidenlane.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by 18 Maiden Lane Productions.